play on K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this is a show where we take a K drama, we watch it four episodes, or this time around, three at a time, and we get together here every week to talk about it. Yeah, this week we watched the final three episodes of the second season of Kingdom, which I'm pretty sure were the final three, it felt like. But I don't I, know. I think they're planned to have a third season. Okay. Well, I had ho- I think you're right. I think I read somewhere that they're scheduled out. That's going to make recording really weird because like if they wrapped it up in the third season, I think they could and it would make a lot of sense and it would be kind of weird for us not to go back and do season 3, right? Yeah. I think every October is going to be kingdom season, even though I think the first two seasons aired in like really early spring, like January and March, I believe. So uh, we might get Kingdom Season 3 next February and not watch it until October, because it's spooky time. I don't know. Yeah, like, we definitely do uh, stuff that's spooky outside of October, but now it just feels like we should maybe do Kingdom specifically inside of October. Yeah, I like that. Also, sorry if you hear all the trains passing by. I'm in my new place. Very exciting. Ah, uh, Emily moved to Tokyo. I moved to Tokyo. I live right next to a station, which is a very cool place to live because it's very convenient to get other places. But as far as the noise, there might be a lot of train sounds, and I'm so sorry. So far, I haven't been able to hear them. I would be surprised if they are more loud than the sound of Murray softly crying behind me. <laughs> and then later, Eve will wake up and we'll have a baby and we'll have just, you know, the best environments for a podcast. Yeah, we've been doing this podcast for so long and I, it's like a bell curve, right? Where um, when we started, the audio quality was... <laughs> pretty terrible. It's not a bell curve. When I got Maurice, it plummeted again, for sure. And then it started to get a little bit better as he learned how to be a podcasting dog and be cool about literally anything. And then, you know, we're plummeting it again. Here we go. Welcome to Play on K. Um, how did you like this? the finale of Kingdom? I actually loved how this season ended, which I feel like based on, I can't tell, but based on your expression, maybe we disagree. I, I liked the first ending where everybody died. I love a good, like, everybody dies ending. And then they had the second ending where everybody bursts out of the water and they start to do like, we'll we'll maybe circle back to this. I don't know if we want to start at the very end. But then they had the second ending where there's like 50 other scenes that happen and they all have something crazy going on. And I'm like, okay, I see you season three. We're making room for something else. And I just wasn't as excited. I had this moment when the prince drops into the water where I was like, oh, it's over. I'm so sad. But they just went with two seasons, 12 episodes. That's it. We're done. I kind of think it's perfect. I'm happy with what we've been given. I will give you that. That uh, that, uh, everybody dies can be a pretty cool ending. And yes, and that like it could have wrapped everything up. Season two 
we're good. Prince Prince storyline is over, though I can't imagine it without him. I was glad actually. Okay, so I was glad for his survival in the sense that I think they did such a good potential wrap up. Obviously, it's not a wrap up because there's going to be a third season, but like I think that if they had left it on the cliffhangers they left season two with, I would still be really satisfied based on the fact that there's a movie that explains at least a little bit of what we don't know. We haven't watched it yet, but based on, um, based on a little bit of what they teased, you know, it felt like maybe those things teased the movie, but then if it had ended with just those little cliffhangers, I think those are kind of the cool, interesting type of cliffhangers where you sit around and think about, you know, what it could all mean. That's like, I don't know. No spoiler. I guess like if you haven't seen Inception, skip 10 seconds ahead, but that's like the top spinning at the end of Inception, right? That like, what's it going to be? Why did that worm crawl into that kid's brain? Did he just become a monster? Yeah. What was that? And then they've got like this, I don't know, Chinese smuggling ring that's interested in planting the resurrection plant all over Korea. They've got zombies in boxes and this cool cool lady at the end who's like, these are my zombies in boxes, I assume. I don't know. There's so much to work with and I get it and I'm excited for it. But yeah, I was kind of like, oh, I just, uh, I'm just such a traditionalist when it comes to K-dramas. I want everything tied up in a neat little bow. I wanted them to all die and the plague to be over. And then they show the seven years later and it's the prince or the little baby being the king. Kind of the scenes that we got from him, but with everybody having died. I do like, though, I like a, I like that the prince didn't, the crown prince did not become... King, king, right? Yeah. I like that his way to devote himself to the people of Korea going forward was to find out what happened and how to fix it should it happen again. And in the meantime, do whatever it takes to stop the current king and people in power from utilizing it again. Yeah. Sorry, I ruined this and we're just talking about the end now. Um, no, no. That, I think that this is very on brand for Play on K. <laughs> we true. do this pretty much every time. We have no self-control. Um, no. Yeah, I thought the prince was going to kill himself. 100% thought he was dead. Yeah, I thought that was the everybody dies type situation. And by everybody, I just mean the only character we wanted to, you know... ascend to the throne yeah yeah no i yeah i'm glad that not i'm glad that they could wrap it up and say stuff like bompal becomes the educator for the new king and he's pledged to the former crown prince to you know do his best by him and so he's doing his best to raise the little the little prince to be a good leader which is really wholesome because I never thought I could forgive Bompal, and that's pretty much the closest I will ever get to being able to forgive him. 
So, <laughs> um, I thought that was pretty great. And then I also, okay, remember when we got weirdly thirsty for the prince because um, he just turned out to be a decent person, right? Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Someone else stole my heart in these episodes, and I didn't see it coming. Was it the queen? No. Okay, that makes more sense. Mine was the queen, but you start with yours. <laughs> yours would be a lot I'm healthier. Very, I'm excited to hear about yours. Okay. <laughs> no, for me, it was the the detective uh, cop. Oh, okay. I see that. That was almost executed. Here's the thing. If we want to do a deep dive into me, the psyche of Raquel, into my own psyche, um, I think what we would find is somewhere in my history of life, pretty young age, I'm, I'm sure, for some reason, something about an archer is so attractive to me. <laughs> I have that just ingrained. A, a very skilled archer, you know, I grew up playing video games like The Legend of Zelda, which has a lot of bow and arrow shooting archery stuff. I want, My favorite movies are the Lord of the Rings movies, obviously Legolas, doing great. I wouldn't say he's, you know, my top tier out of that, but he's up there. He was Big my fan. 100%. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's way up there. And <laughs> then, you know, I just... It's been so informative of my life. I even, Emily and I play Dungeons and Dragons. I think we've admitted to it before. Y'all know we're big old nerds here. And I almost always play an archer, like a beautiful, talented archer. I don't know. I can't, I can't break out of it. <laughs> I can't do it. It's a big thing for me. And so when he started slaying with that bow and arrow, I was so gone on him immediately. Already he proved that, you know, he was ready to do the right thing no matter the cost. He pledged himself to the crown prince. Obviously, that's great. We love the crown prince. It was all good for him. And then that he started shooting things with arrows and I was totally gone for him. Completely, 100%. <laughs> I am in love. I, I have a problem. It. I get it. There, okay, there was that guy, and then the guy he kind of worked for, I think, that looked very similar, and I low-key confused to them for a lot of the show, but I think once he got his bow and arrow and was, like, out kicking butt in the field, it was very clear who that guy was, and I see that. Also, as a D&D player, like... Sorry, tune out if you do not care about D&D. This will be real deep nerd stuff for a sec. I was so <laughs> impressed in the fight scene that he could go from, like, shooting someone with a bow and arrow to cutting them down with his bow, where I was like, oh, oh, we can go from ranged to melee attacks just like nothing? Dream man. Yeah, what, yeah, what feat do, do you have to take to do that in D&D? Because I need that. Because that is I'm amazing. sure there's a feat for that. Oh. Yeah. He looks so good doing it. Yeah, your obsession is so much healthier than mine. What is what is in my psyche that I always fall for the bad guys? Every show, I'm hot for villains. Every time. Every time. But watching the scene 
where the crown prince walks in in his peasantry his whatever to face off with the queen when she is giving us everything she is her full war regalia her freaking yeah oh my god i was like she wins she wins my heart i hope she doesn't win this scene because i still want the crown prince to be the one that survives but look at her right now and tell me you're not on her team like for just a little second you're like i love i'm in love with her Right. No, there is that moment where you wish she wasn't the bad guy because shit hot damn you don't want to root <laughs> against someone who is serving looks like that. Come on. Oh, yeah, mine's so much darker than yours. I love it so much. I love that it it brings me so much joy that you love a bad guy. I don't know <laughs> I don't know what it is for me. Other than I just, <laughs> it's so unexpected because we're both such like, we we're both mild childs, mild children. So when it comes to, uh, loving a bad boy, it's just and by bad boy I mean bad anyone, but bad boy is the classic saying. That's a gender neutral term, bad boy. <laughs> um, and just to go from, you know, being the complete mild child to I love a bad boy is my favorite thing. I'm I'm not that person usually, but I it makes me so happy that like we can just count on Emily to love <laughs> the bad guy. What is wrong with me? I am the dip and dots of people. Like so boring. <laughs> I think I'm fun. I'm not. I'm really just the most boring person ever. And, like, I would literally die if I were in close proximity with someone who is actually scary. But, like, just conceptually, I think it'd be fun. I think it'd be spicy. And yeah, it is. It is conceptually spicy. And I also am also the Dippin' Dots of people. I'm the, <laughs> cookie, I'm the cookies and cream Dippin' Dots. <laughs> the most boring one. <laughs> That's us, and why do we think we can handle some freaking spicy sauce? I don't know. Can you imagine how bad that would taste? Just put sriracha on some cookies and cream dipping dots. That's a bad combo. It's a bad combo. This is the perfect analogy. <laughs> We're very good at analogies <laughs> because we are boring, and thus, yeah, it's not going to work out between me and the queen, but if it could... Oh, I'd go for Look it. Look at her. Look at her. <laughs> Why not? Freaking, freaking, I did not expect her to die. I fully expected her to figure out a way out of the zombie horde and not be like, oh, literally everybody in front of me is going to die and I'm going to die. And I genuinely don't care. I expected her to for sure take advantage of whatever Sophie was doing. Yeah. But no. But she was not interested in even paying attention to whatever Sophie was doing and was good to go. The if I can't have it, no one can tactic. Which you think you think you could do that. You think you would be that guy until the zombies show up and then you're like, different tactic. What do we do and how do we get out of here? And she's like, oh no, full commitment to this. I'm here to die. Like what? Ugh. I did not see it coming. She seemed like the in-it-till-the-end type. But then I guess technically she was, 
she just forced the end to happen. <laughs> she she decided when the end got to be. Okay. What's yeah. What is the thinking? Ugh. Looking at my notes, they are insane. It's insane how much happened in these four episodes, or these three episodes. So much. Like, we started off see, episode four with Mu Young swearing his loyalty to the crown prince, and me being like, oh, my heart can't take any more than this. Like, who was I back then? Watching that scene, thinking <laughs> that was going to be the hardest thing I had to watch. It's been 84 years since that scene, and we've been through a lot. Yeah, that's nothing now. Moo Young, you've already been forgotten. Yeah, also, okay, I don't mean to take away from what from Moo Young and his pledge and everything, but he did kind of go against it. Let's, like, call a spade a spade or whatever, right? <laughs> I think that was the he point. He did? No, right, but... To, do you also feel like it took a little bit of thunder out of everyone else's life pledge to the crown prince mm. when that came around later, when both Bonpal and the guy who I'm in love with, whose name I will never remember. <laughs> the archer and the tiger hunter. Mm -hmm. We've got roles here. We don't have names. No names, only roles. Okay. Except Sovi and Bonpal. They have names. They have names. I don't know why Bonpal got a name. He's literally the worst character, but easy to remember. Yeah. Yeah. For some reason, he had to have one because I think I kept calling him that guy who's in the Cho clan, but not. <laughs> not the magistrate of Dongne. Not mm -mm. magistrate Cho. But just, no. like, that guy. Which is confusing. So he's Bonpal <laughs> now. Oh. Um, but yeah, I they made their life pledges, and by that point, I was, like, been there, done that, heard that before. <laughs> Didn't get us anywhere. Fair enough. I'm glad you were a little more jaded. I was fully into these new life pledges. I felt like they proved themselves... Before swearing fealty, whereas Mu Young was kind of the opposite. He was like, sure, I'll swear my fealty. Like, I kind of already have in applying for this job. So, like, it doesn't really mean anything. And you kind of see that at the end of his life when he has betrayed his his prince. And to be like, oh, okay, yeah, you had, like, other allegiances that are more important. Whereas freaking... Archer dude was about to be executed with his whole family and all of the people that he's ever loved. And he's like, I'm ready to go down with this prince. Like, that's where my loyalties are. And that's where he starts his story. What? Yeah, before he even knew the crown prince was coming back at any point in time and he was investigating the queen for multiple murders of women and children and he didn't give a shit that that would be forfeiting his life, you're right. He actually, his life pledge means a lot because he started, he pledged his life to truth and justice long before he knew that the crown prince was going to come and save his life. Yeah, I think that kind of felt true with the tiger hunter as well. Yongshin finally wrote down his name. Heck yeah. <laughs> I feel like he, the, the crown prince is like, why are you still following me around? You've had your, like, revenge in a way. And he was like, well, 
I mean, you seem to be the guy that's going to fix the problems that I want to see fixed. So I'm not exactly swearing my fealty to you. I'm swearing my fealty to, like, these concepts. And I think you're the one that can bring them to light. I, I want to see this country have more food and prosperity. And I think you're the one that's going to make those things happen. So if you prove that you're not, like, I don't know. He, he didn't say this. He didn't go this far. My assumption is that he's like, if you start to turn, like, you know, I'll be the one to take you out. I don't care. But uh, until then, I'm totally down to help you out. You're doing a great job, sweetie, so. <laughs> I'm right here for you. Yeah, I did think that those scenes were interesting because when they were first happening, the scenes on the beach, that is. I mm -hmm. don't know why I provided zero context for that. <laughs> the scenes on the beach, uh, shortly before that conversation, or maybe not shortly before, I guess, drama-wise, but shortly before they had that conversation in their timeline-wise, they were talking to the crown prince's great uncle or something. I didn't, I was not entirely sure exactly how he was related or why he did not why he is of royal blood but very far removed from the royal family they didn't go into it he didn't seem like a very big character in any way except to kind of provide that that conversation about i mean to start with about whether or not it matters to have royal blood and i'm a little bit team uncle on that one i think that it's meaningless. What family you're born into doesn't matter. It's the intention that you have to, you know, do good or bad or whatever. And that's why we're rooting for the crown prince. And ultimately why he didn't seem to care to have Mu Young's baby become the king. And it's because it doesn't, it does not matter. What matters is that when Mu Young's baby becomes king, first of all, he's not a zombie. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> and second of all, that he is, I don't know, good to the people, a servant yeah. of the people. And so that was kind of a cool setup for him passing that over, right? Him passing the crown over voluntarily to go and do what he needs to do to protect the country and make sure that there's a system in place to make to for the for the little prince for the little prince to take over and be a good man hopefully please he's got a bunch of good men around him raising him so like he's got a pretty good chance but yeah it was an interesting conversation i'm really curious if the uncle will come back in season three it felt like we could have gotten more out of him than we did uh but i liked kind of the parallel concepts that he had with like royal blood doesn't matter and how it paralleled the Cho clan and especially the queen and her um her like monologue when she kills her father with like you were disappointed with me since I was born a woman like I've always been a hindrance to you just for the way I was born and that yeah, parallel between, like, she didn't really care that, like, she didn't feel the need to have a child that was her own 
ascend the throne because she's like, a baby's a freaking baby. It's not going to make a difference as long as I raise them as my own. Like, I know better than anyone that these things don't really matter. Like, bloodlines don't really matter. And gender doesn't really matter. It's just what you want and what you're willing to do to get it. Which she took, obviously, in the darker way. (laughs) But she is willing to do a lot to get what she wants. Uh Uh-huh, and she wants power, like ultimate power. Whereas the prince wants, like, the good, like, good for his people. And he's willing to do a lot to get that. So, yeah, I liked the parallel. I liked the conversation with the uncle. But it also felt a little bit lackluster of, like... I wanted, there's like a little bit of conflict between the two of them, between the uncle and the prince, and I just want to see more of that. I want more people pushing against the prince. I think that's going to bring that character a lot of growth. And I'd love to see him grow. He's been doing so good. He does great. He's grown so much since we first saw him, and in some ways I think it was him fronting a little bit at the beginning and saying he believes certain things that he doesn't necessarily believe. But in a lot of ways, I think he had to grow incredibly rapidly due to the zombie plague outbreak and having to make a lot of hard decisions and having to be responsible for a lot of people all of a sudden. There was just a lot going on with it. So obviously he grew very quickly, but I do love the idea of him going into that conversation saying, well, I believe royal blood matters and that these traditions matter. And then, yeah, after that pushback, after that little bit of conflict and also more zombie virus stuff, uh, he could come around and say, no, what? No, it doesn't. Like, royal blood does not matter. It's, yeah, it's what is best for the country and there will never be peace if if we get this in this fight over whether or not this baby is the actual royal blood and also there will never be peace if it's believed that i don't know that one of us is more entitled to the throne than the other right based on that whether or not that royal blood exists yeah i think that was a really cool compromise in that like the Cho clan will be appeased that someone of quote-unquote their bloodline is on the throne but most of the people who especially the people who interacted with the prince throughout these two seasons and seeing him like face this problem with the plague and how he really stepped up and they probably believe in him and they wanted him to be on the throne I feel like they can be somewhat appeased knowing that it's his younger brother that's on the throne. And it's not like the country was thrown into chaos. Uh, I think it's, yeah, a good compromise to have this little baby on the throne. And it's an interesting aspect of the show that, like, that even has to be a discussion. Because obviously, you and I, modern people, are like... What does it matter, all these freaking kings and their dumb bloodlines? But it's such an integral part of their, the current system in this Joseon-based show that I really, really like it. I liked the, that part of the ending a lot. 
Yeah. It was really good. I And I was really excited by the fact that he got to take most of his loyals, his loyal badass fighters, and go off into the unknown to, to learn stuff, especially so stoked for Sophie, right. who's with a bunch of dudes who respect her, and she gets to research under the protection of these dudes and be the person who freaking she did the most oh we cannot get away without talking about her in these finale episodes she is out here discovering cures she's out here curing hakju who do we care if he's cured absolutely not but do we care that there is a cure and that she was the one that delivered it fuck yes 100 <laughs> percent Team Sobe is goat. And, like, she saves him and then saves the baby. Like, I know I'm biased. Hi, new mom over here wanting the baby to survive. (laughs) But not only does she save baby from the zombie attacks for, like, hours on end. How? How? I mean, it helps that the baby never cries. That's a good baby. But also, then she cures it. She's like, get those worms out of there. for the, Maybe for the most part? I don't know. Then she's also like, oh, newborns don't have good brains, so the worms don't like them. And I was like, what does that even mean? How would you even yeah. know that? They don't have the best science, but she is providing the best science they do have. Yeah. So we're Team Sobe. I'm excited for her arc in season three. It's Mostly all that I care about at this point. I'm excited for the other stuff. I'm interested in the other stuff. But so be is goat right now. Yep. She's doing it. She's doing the most. She's the reason we're all here. <laughs> She's the bravest person. She threw a flaming blanket over herself. Oh my god. That was so cool. Yeah. Amazing. Oh, so be you're so cool. We had a little bit of a turnaround with Bompal. I was excited for him in these three episodes. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I think you'll never be Team Bompal. I have a goldfish memory, so it's easier for me to jump on board. Yeah, I, I'm kind of holding a grudge because he's, you know, the reason that Mu Young died and that Hakju got back to the palace... And, I mean, obviously that didn't matter in the end anyway, because his daughter still did a a swift murder. But... Did you... Sorry. Sorry to digress no, for no, just a moment. Did you kind of think for just a minute when Crown Prince found Sobi and the baby that he would be like, well, this baby's not legitimate. Like... Back to our conversation earlier, I'm glad he didn't go this direction. It's much more meaningful that the baby became the king. But did you think he would be like, well, this isn't like a legitimate heir to the throne. This baby needs to go back to its mom. Like, yeah, that's pretty messed up that they've just denied Mu Young's wife from being the mother of her child. So she lost her husband and she has to, she clearly knows something. I don't know exactly to what extent, but probably based on the look on her the fleeting look that we got to see on her face as her child walked past seems like she knows that her child is 
set to become king, and she just has to observe that happening. When was Her that? baby got taken from her. It was around the time... Um, so we flash forward seven years, mm -hmm. and we're watching the little prince king walk around, and they say it's time to go or whatever, and as he and his retinue <gasps> walk past, there's some people who are bowed, Oh! and then she, as he walks past, she raises her head and watches him go. Oh, I didn't even recognize her. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah, kind of feels like Sobe being like, she's she'll survive physically, but I don't know if she'll survive mentally. And then just being like, well, that's fine with us, because we need a king, is like, pretty dark, guys. Yeah, and she clearly survived somewhat mentally, because I don't feel like they would treat a um, completely disconnected woman well, historically speaking, I feel like she yeah. couldn't necessarily survive. I, I know that this is not the most historically accurate of stories, <laughs> but, you know, she seems mostly there, which is to say she knows something's going on. Mm -hmm. But yeah, just picturing that first, like, few years where you know that your baby was stolen from you and you don't know where they are like i can't even fathom that pain and just being like well we're all complicit in that because i don't know i guess they're most of them most of the people who are the uh protagonists of this show are very much about like it's uh utilitarian like it's for the good of all the people Sorry, we can't save this one woman. But my heart is just like, but you could save that one woman. It's pretty easy. Just give her her baby back. Freaking. And then Crown Prince gets to be Prince. Yeah. Uh, You've got to keep. But also, there would be, yeah, that question up in the air of, you know, the the where did the baby go, I guess? Is it actually the queen's baby? Did we just give it away? Let's find that baby and put him on the throne and that endangers a lot of people it's just tough because also it seems okay um, maybe i'm not giving enough credit to people in history <laughs> stop me if i'm being a dick <laughs> i don't feel like it's that big of a stretch to be like yeah we didn't find a body of the baby prince but also these zombies are out here eating, and usually with an adult human, there's enough surface area that, like, you they turn into a zombie before they can be devoured. But you know, not really the case with babies, there's not much to them. Is this dark? It's really Is this dark, messed up? but it's really giving... easy to say, yeah, like, we didn't find a body for the, the king, I guess. But uh, we're pretty sure he's dead. So that storyline's done. Sorry, everybody. No nothing to see here. Yeah, and I think we're just giving too much credit. Uh, or maybe I'm not giving enough credit to uh, people being smart enough to like identify human <laughs> child bones. Who knows? Yeah. Ugh. This is all the Choklan's fault. Yeah, they they did this. If they they deserve to die. Oh, wait. <laughs> 
But like if they would stop asking questions and I don't think anybody would care that there's not a Cho on the throne. So like whatever. But they'd be the ones who would be interested in finding the king's body and being like, mm-hmm. that baby did die for sure. There cannot be a Cho on the throne. But if they're like, there's any chance that that baby survived, we better put him on the throne. Uh, just give that lady her baby back. Just give her the baby back. <laughs> it's her baby. Pregnancy is really hard. And childbirth, I can't even imagine. And obviously, yeah, she she wants her baby. It's a mother's love. Yeah. You're, you're really going to fuck with that? You're going to mess with that? I had so many drugs during childbirth. I did not have to experience most of it because of the magic of modern medicine. Hell yeah, we love it. But if you choose not to do that, we support all moms. But hell yeah, we love it. <laughs> we love all moms, okay? I just cannot fathom the pain of going through childbirth. And then just to be like, no child. Oh, people go through that nowadays. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Sorry, everyone. This world is dark. If you need help, let us know. We also need help, so we can all sit in an email thread together and And talk about how ill-equipped we are to deal with this world. (laughs) We're just not ready. Okay, um, at one point, oh, sorry, we're circling back to Bumpal. We're we're circling back, because I felt like he had a good arc. He did. I still haven't forgiven him, but (laughs) he did. You don't think saving all those people at the last moment from being beheaded was like, all is forgiven. That was really good. Um... The the man that he saved was the one who told them that they would be beheaded, so, or told everyone, behead these people, right? So, Hakju walked in and was like, executions all around. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Bompal, you know, was the one who saved him. <laughs> so <laughs> there's that. Yeah, um, I feel like, I don't know, he's so dumb that obviously he did not think through how freaking dark and powerful and evil his uncle would be. Yeah, he is a dummy. I don't know, it's hard. It's (laughs) It's hard hard because he did have a good arc, and it's not that I hate his character, it's that I don't trust him not to continue to be dumb, and so it, it makes me anxious to have him anywhere near sensitive information or, like, places of power, because... Mm -hmm. He maybe shouldn't be the one protecting the king from the knowledge of what happened, right? Or if he is, then I feel like maybe we shouldn't be lying to the the little king that much anyway, because I feel like that's one of those things that could backfire. I mean, it already is. That brain worm was going straight for the brain. Right? It was worming straight for the brain. That's what the brain worms do. And, like, yeah, I don't know. Just knowledge is so powerful. I feel like trying to keep this plague under wraps. That was only seven years ago. It wasn't, like, a hundred years ago. They're like, we're going to keep it under wraps tomorrow. Nobody talk about it. It's like, that's crazy. Yeah, there's no way that's that's going to stay a secret. And I suspect Bumpal will be the person <laughs> who gives it, gives it up. 
it, I guess what matters is his reasonings and if it's on purpose or not, because it feels like his reasonings will be poor and it will not be on purpose. That's fair, yeah. Seems like he's going to get drunk and spill the beans to a child. Yep. Like a big dumb idiot. I really liked his, like, when they combined his character with Young Shin's. I think that was a good combo because Young Shin is not the caring type. He was like, I'm not gonna, I'm not here to protect you. I'm not here to take care of you. You are a grown man. So, like, if you almost fall off the roof, I'll help pull you back up. But there will be no words of kindness from me. And I think that yeah. made Bomb Pal, like, so much more bearable. Yeah, and I mean, it's not that it's completely unrelatable that he's running around just screaming the whole time, pretty much from that point on. Um, mm-hmm. That feels actually fairly relatable. I, too, would just probably be, like, yelling the whole time <laughs> as I tried to chop zombies or whatever. I'm not talented or athletic. Um, so... <laughs> That's all to say, you know, he did he did get better. He had a good arc. I don't trust him, and I am glad that there are people like Young Shin to um balance out his complete incapabilities with being highly capable people. Yeah. Like I think Sobi did that for a lot of the show, but it felt different when she had to Uh, balance him out because it felt like she was obligated to take care of him in some capacity and she didn't like baby him but it felt like she had so much uh more empathy i guess that her taking care of him was very like she had to go out of her way to put a lot of effort into looking after this grown man who should be taking care of himself whereas young shin was like nope we're two grown men. You either die or you survive, and that's on you. Yep. Sink or swim, dude. Yep. And that felt a lot better. That felt so much better. Um, do they have to, like, make this show so sad? Because we get, like, some dope action sequences. The most amazing sword fights with, like, yeah, archery, and then gunfire, and then swords swinging, And then they shift over, they, like, pan over, and there's these two historians trying to roll up the portraits of the kings and being like, this is our only job, this is the, this is what we have lived this long for, is to protect the shrines for the kings, and just to, like, curl up together and be like, we've done as much as we can do, and now we die, it's like the, uh, the band on the Titanic, playing as the sink ships. You're just like, well, hey, can we go back to the fighting outside where it's, like, tense and I'm worried, but I'm not sad? You had to make me sad? Yeah, that one got me. That one was tough. And then the guy who was trying to protect all the maids in that room and doing his best and saying, don't be afraid... It will all be fine. Mm-hmm. And getting slowly overwhelmed. That one really bummed me out. Uh, yeah, there were definitely those moments, which I think is so good to include in stuff like this because it could just be like a slasher film, yeah. right? It could just be bloody, 
gore zombies, but to add kind of those humanizing moments of, you know, where you actually feel for even a couple of people as they, and not in a I'm afraid kind of way, but just a I am sad kind of feel for them mm-hmm. is so good, so well done. But yeah, they did, they did aim straight for the sad feelings and bullseye. What's up? <laughs> what good setup going into the last episode where like, oh yeah, when it's slow-mos and they're trying, uh, the prince is trying to break through the ice and he's turning and watching everybody die. And I think my brain was just so much more prepared for each of these kind of main characters getting their own scenes where I would just cry and they would each die in a very spectacular and beautiful way. And just to see them all get mauled to death so quickly was hurtful in a new way, like a new kind of pain that I did not expect. And I just, oh, it broke me. I started crying so hard. And I think that's why I was disappointed when they survived, because I'm awful. (laughs) I already emotionally invested in this one. So can we just keep it? Can we keep that? Can we keep the death? I already cried over them dying. Okay? You can't just bring them (laughs) back. I'm not going to do it again (laughs) when they die again later. Okay? So stop. Don't bring them back. They're, They're gone. We're done. <laughs> I I have not gotten super, super sad enough to... I think maybe it has nothing to do with how good the emotions are in this K-drama and everything to do with just life. Yeah, how broken your life is right now. It's hard to cry over fake things. Yeah, I'm a little bit overwhelmed and I don't... I'm also overwhelmed by my own zombies. <laughs> And the zombies are coping with adult life. Other people can do it. I, nothing terrible is happening in my life. I am just overwhelmed by by my life, so. Same, I get that. We're in periods of transition right now, and that is something I am embracing and I'm excited about because it means new things will come, but the period of transition is a hard place to be because everything is changing and everything is hard. Yep. Ugh. Ugh. We'll get through it. If Together. Do you have anything else that you want to say about Kingdom Seasons 1 or 2? Um, okay, so just one last thing. We don't have to really dig in. I just... One last comment. Why do I not trust the servant that was watching over the small king? Oh my god. The least trustworthy person. He has a trust he does not have a trustworthy face. He his face makes me distrust him. <laughs> I think it was like his facial expressions. I think he it was his yeah, whole countenance. His whole like watching way too closely kind of standing too close to the king vibes. Yeah. I didn't care for it. Yep. That's going to be a lot. <sighs> Find out in a year. Find out in next a year, year next October. Oh my god, that's crazy. Gonna come so fast. (laughs) Ah, Thank you guys for watching Kingdom with us. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Yeah, thanks for watching Kingdom. And uh, we are going to review the movie that they did, Kingdom Asian of the North. 
but we are doing it. So sorry. We are putting it on our Patreon for our, uh, just because it's, you know, kind of an aside story from what we can tell. We haven't watched it yet. Hopefully (laughs) it's not completely important to the whole storyline because that would be a little weird to put it behind a paywall. But um, but yeah, we're going to cover that one. So if you're interested in seeing that, because it will be a video and not just audio, um... You can hit us up on Patreon. We're doing this way out of order. The last time we did this, I fell apart. But you can hit us up on Patreon. It's uh, There's a link on our website or patreon.com slash playonk. Yeah, our website is playonk.com where you can find, as Raquel said, a link to our Patreon. Or you can find all of our past episodes. Leave comments directly on the episodes if you want to let us know what you think. You can find our affiliate links for Blueberry Podcast Hosting, Skillshare, and NordVPN. Or you can get in touch with us, sign up for our newsletter, or use our contact form to let us know any of your thoughts. Yeah, and then we also have... um, So we have our email, which we love to receive emails from you guys. It makes us so happy. We are... We love to respond. We love to make it a dialogue. We love to chat and hang out. Lately, we've been falling, as we said, we've been overwhelmed and we've been falling a little bit behind on that. But if you want to reach out to us and, uh, you know, give us your play-by-play, make a strong defense for Bompal, aside from a good character arc, um, do, you know, just just the regular chats. If you just want to have a cool conversation with us, it's playonkpodcast at gmail.com. And again, we're falling behind. It might take us a while to get back to you. We cannot make any time promises currently, but we love to hear from you there. And it always gets read, and we're always in love with it. Yeah. So Yeah, we appreciate our emails so much, and we will get back to you as soon as our brains can handle it. Um, if you want to get in touch with us on Instagram, we are at Podcast. Or on Twitter, we are at K, and those are ways to just give us a quick hey, let us know you're listening. We always love to see them. Yeah, and then finally, uh, we haven't done where we stream, right? That's the last thing. So uh, we are on most places that you find podcasts. Currently, you are listening on one of them, I am assuming. Unless you're on the website, maybe, or Patreon. Okay, but every everywhere else, there's a place <laughs> you can rate, review, and subscribe to podcasts or some combination of those three things. And doing any of those things really helps us out. It helps other K-Drama podcast listeners find us. If you leave a review, typically it gives us a chance to see your name and be really excited. And oftentimes we will be able to thank you directly on the podcast just for, you know, tossing us that five star and making us the happiest people you know. Yeah! Join us next week for our bonus episode of For Kingdom Seasons 1 and 2. Thank you so much for listening. Okay, bye. Okay, bye.